Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Well, folks, Antonio T. Smith Jr. is doing it again. He's done it again. Yes, he has giving away so much knowledge just to help you succeed, walk out of the middle class, become a multimillionaire. He is giving away his book just for you. The name of that book, The Richest Man in the Trash Can. You want to make sure you get this book. Here's why. If you are someone who is tired, frustrated, irritated, of the day-to-day schedule of waking up, going to work, going back home, going to sleep just to do it all over again, not being able to spend time with your family, you just got married, you just had kids, or you take care of your parents and you're not there to do it, this is the book for you. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? This book is free 99. Yes, you heard me. Free 99. Okay? All you for free. Yes. Free 99. All you have to do is just pay shipping and handling. That's it. $9.95 just to get your free book. This book is a life 
changer i'm trying to tell you guys everything in this book is what antonio taught myself in grace that enabled us to retire yes we are retired and we haven't even hit our 40s yet Woo! i'm just saying i got a few months to go don't worry about it Shh, don't nobody need to know that girl <laughs> you don't look it that's it go get it Go get it and walk yourself out of the middle class into the life you deserve. Walk yourself into abundance. Abundance is freedom and this book is your journey out. You can plant better. You can dominate. Ladies and gentlemen, back with the Secrets of Success podcast. A lot of you have been hearing Deanna, my right-hand man, doing a lot of interviews. You're lucky enough to have or are unfortunate enough to have me here. I'm with Dane Maxwell, who is a super hard charger. I'm going to give him a little introduction here in a second, but just talking with him off recording, I can tell that he is a fast processor of information. I think that's pretty cool. Always good to have that. I know for sure that he is a guitar playing brother, right? Is that, <laughs> is that right, Dane? Yeah, all right, cool. Go in the right area. <laughs> okay. Yes, so we are. Guitar play- That's it. Good. He's a guitar playing brother, and he is a businessman in himself. So he uses his right brain and his left brain at the same time. Rare human being on planet Earth. Dane, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> I heard it. I said, wow, you got like major production going on? <laughs> that's awesome, man. You can play it as much as you want. Rock it out, brother. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I tell you, this, I mean, this, this riff right here I love. amazing red dead redemption two. Oh sure oh yeah man it's like so addicting and yeah the the music in that video game is amazing and you are of mm. the quality of that music and that's one hell of a compliment <laughs> too because because red dead redemption is addictive <laughs> that's for sure anywho Dude, man, I've got, I mean, this go ahead what well, i would say i mean i've got i, I released my third album and um I'll, I'll give you like this, this. I've never done anything like this where we're like. Go no, ahead, man. Do it. Yeah, that's when you get your first product made and sold, that's what it feels like. 
That's what it feels like. That's it. That's it. That's it. Everybody go to Dame Maxwell Music if you want to know what it feels like to get your product. (laughs) Your product. So all his information is in the show notes. Man, I tell you what, brother, let's do this. I'm feeling your energy. Let's just free talk at the beginning of this thing. I got some questions to ask you. But what is some stuff, without me even leading you, since you're playing guitar, you're in a good mood, what's just some stuff you just want to randomly put on this podcast, right? What would you say if I didn't influence it at all? The most significant thing that you could ever explore is what you secretly think of yourself. Mm. That's good. That's good. Tell us why. uh, I mean, uh, unpacking that will... Well, I ha- unpacking that will is the fastest road to an intense personal freedom. Mm. And and, and uh, like I've got a buddy of mine, and he's like, I want to become an influencer in the digital marketing space. Mm-hmm. And my intuition was like, Yeah, okay, that's not it's BS. But I asked him about it, and we were doing identity work, and he secretly thought of himself as I am an unlikable person. Mm. So I asked him, I said, is that what you really want to do? Or is that what the identity of unlikable person wants to do to become likable? Wow. And he's like, God damn it. Ah, oh, crap. It's so <laughs> he's like, I just want, he, you know what he said? He's like, dude, I just want to play some guitar. That's all I really want to do. I want to create guitar music. <laughs> <laughs> so you help him so find like, himself in one conversation. Yeah, because I mean, the, the, if you can figure out what you're secretly thinking of yourself, I mean, I can't tell you. So many folks are driven by the secret thought that they think they're worthless or inadequate or insignificant, not recognizing that those are truly thoughts and feelings that are not you. However, get so identified into thinking they are so the difference i still think i'm worthless i still think i'm insignificant i still think i'm inadequate it's just i don't believe it to the degree that i used to Mm, so like if i mean if worthless comes in it's like hey dane you're worthless it's like huh i could choose to believe that or not i'll hold it as a thought instead So what's the power of unpacking that? Because you brought that up, Mike. Is it the unpacking that's rewarding, the process that's rewarding, or something else that I'm not thinking of? Well, no, it's, I mean, you know, as a, high, a highly driven entrepreneur, I was driven by the dark side of worthless. And I, be- I believed that my achievement was worth. Yeah. But what I didn't realize was that was driven by a deeper identity of believing I was worth less. And that feeling when believed or unconscious, I mean, it drives you me to do like pretty intelligent things like win the favor of a highly respected entrepreneur or like get on the cover of a magazine or like it'll do all kinds of things to try to correct the sense of worthlessness. But when you do things to try to correct an identity, it reinforces the identity Mm. because like, Oh, you actually believe it. You're taking action on it. It ends up reinforcing it. 
And we already know on some level that this is true. And we are, and we already know some part of us knows that we already are free. Some part of us knows we already are happy. We're just transfixed with all these suffering thoughts and things. Like you want the ha- you want the kind of happiness that doesn't depend on any sort of external circumstance. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and if you believe that your happiness depends on an external circumstance and you're like openly and internally admitting that you are not very powerful in your state. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the thing is like, you don't actually have to like the internal happiness is basically, well, I'm a little in over my head with this because I mean, I'm not always happy. I'm not always these things, but my goal is to sit with my mind exactly as it is yeah. without trying to change it. Mm. So if I sit with my mind exactly as it is without trying to change it, if I sit still and do nothing, the worst thing will come up. And then if I just sit with that without trying to change it, I will start to see that that thought is not who I am. Then I can build businesses from a place of joy. And I think that the next frontier of business building creation and human endeavor is to work and live from a state of unconditional joy. Because if, if you, if we are able to, this is the, this is the call that I like broadcast out to the world, like to, to live from a live and work from a place of unconditional joy. This means then that if you launch a product and it doesn't work, but you have unconditional joy, you are probably going to be curious about why it didn't work. And you're going to go talk to people about why they didn't buy it. And you're going to try and iterate it until it does because your happiness doesn't depend on the success of that product. But when you have conditional joy or conditional happiness and you launch a product and it doesn't work and you grow miserable or even resentful of people for not buying it, which I do because I forget, and then this is what I retrain my brain to a state of unconditional joy. It's very, it's very difficult, and at the same time, it's, it's very weird how it works. But I tell you what, if you have joy, unconditional joy, and you can have the same desires you have now, instead of working from a place of dissatisfaction, it's from a place of joy. And in order to do that, you don't like basic, you basically don't want to force yourself to believe anything that I'm saying. Like, this isn't like a religion you have to believe. This is in order to access a state of like unconditional joy that takes a mentor that takes a coach that takes meditation training that takes a lot of work but it's almost like i think what it's actually like is it's like a bodybuilder who's been working out for 3 years and now he just works out automatically and it's easy and he flows um and i think that's how unconditional joy works because our unconscious minds are habituated like to believing, for example, something very subtle like this moment doesn't matter. Yeah. But you know what moment will matter when I get my first sale? This <laughs> moment doesn't matter. Right? This moment doesn't matter because I've been unhappy as an employee. But you know what moment will matter is when I have a job. Or sorry, when I have a business. But, you know, or like you wake up next to your beautiful partner who, you know, you're in love with and you're like, 
got to get things working, got to get successful, that like in, in like unconsciously you're missing one of the most beautiful moments in your life. And so unconsciously we're prescribing whether moments matter or not. And it's unconscious. We don't even know we're aware of it. We're like, does this moment matter? Does this moment matter? Nope. I got to go do this. I got to, I got to get to this place. I got to do this. And then we realize the mind is just incessantly in a search. And so we're in a search for something that matters. So now with unconditional attention, we place all our attention on the search for something that matters. Mm. And we just hang out with the feeling and desire that we're searching for something that matters. And in that, we start to feel well-being. We start to feel at ease. And then maybe a compulsion comes up, says, no, this moment's not good. Then we hang out and hold. There's an aspect of us that thinks this moment's not good. And we say yes to that. Okay, yes, that's how I feel. And now from this place, as we learn to unconditionally hold things, a what will happen is this unconditional place of freedom will start to emerge. And when we're not driven by identity, our our natural inclination can emerge. Yeah. And this is when I start to kind of like want like want to weep and 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 and, and relief. Yeah. Wow. So, so imagine, I mean, imagine building a business. Imagine building a business from this kind of a free place. Mm. Yeah, hell of a business. <laughs> It'd be, yeah, yeah. You'd, you wouldn't be. Uh, man, I'd be so stressed all the time. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it wouldn't be results driven. It'd be transformational driven, right? Yeah, It'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, let, me, let, me, let me ask you something, man, because you, first off, let, let, let me point out an observation, and I want you to respond to my observation. I know a few guitar players. I've never met a superficial guitar player in my life. What's going on here? Why, why are you guitar players so deep? Right? <laughs> so what is that about? Why, is it like if you're, if you're the one of the smartest people on planet Earth, you pick up a guitar? Is that it? Oh, I just, I ache. I ache yeah. inside. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to love this podcast. So let me ask you, I ask myself three questions every morning. I got it from a book. I don't remember the book. Or maybe a podcast. But either way, I don't remember it no more. So it's no point in me attempting to act like I remember it. But these things that I ask myself, every morning have changed my life forever. The first thing that I ask myself is, what do I feel is impossible in my field, but if it could be done, it would fundamentally change my business? So I want to ask you that question to you. Dane, what in your field is fundamentally impossible? But if you could change it, it would absolutely change your business, your field. God, uh, excuse my language there. I'm, I, uh, <laughs> I, teaching a million entrepreneurs at one time, uh, live, weekly, every Sunday, 
That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, there, there's so awesome. um, there's so much um, unnecessary pain and struggle that business owners face purely from a lack of training that creates unconscious uh, unconscious patterns that almost look like arrogance. Um, you know, not not listening to customers. not really listening to customers, like not really listening because we don't get to decide what works as entrepreneurs. So we shouldn't even come up with ideas because we don't get to decide what works. We should just listen to the pulse of what works and then adapt to that. And I'm one of the most adaptable entrepreneurs that I know. I adapt so quickly, so rapidly. I might shape shift 10 different times in an hour to try to match a niche market. Well, that's, you know what, let's, let's, there's two things there. Who is your mentor? Now, I want to ask that, and I want to come back to this adapting to the niche market. Who's your mentor? Uh, uh, sorry, let me ask you this question. Who's your ultimate mentor is what I'm really asking. Hey, you know, um, my, my higher self, my higher level intuition. I love it. A high vibration frequency of intuition. I love it. I love it. In business, like high who is your... High frequency. High frequency. It's the only language, <laughs> right? The frequency. Frequency is the only thing that exists. Everything else is a byproduct of said frequencies. In business, yes, who is your ultimate mentor? Oh, in business, man. There's there's quite a few. Um, Chet Holmes really changed my life. All right. Chet Holmes, ultimate sales machine. Really, really big impact on me. Eben Pagan. Mm. Tremendous impact on me. Perry Marshall. Mm. Huge impact on me. Dan Kennedy. Massive impact. Eugene Eugene Schwartz, Gary Halbert, men that have clarity of thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any women? Man, I don't think so. I haven't really, I haven't, uh, I haven't really ever come across the experience of. Um, I might have a little bit of ego or something, but with that, I can probably. No, I doubt it. <laughs> no, I doubt you have an ego. You just vibrate at the frequency of what vibrates at you. <laughs> Definitely, good stuff, man. Let me let's make this let's 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 get as weird as possible because we're both two weird people, then. Yeah. Back to my you you doubt you you brought up adopting to the niche. People like me, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Grant Cardone, we would all say, and it was not just us, but we'd all say the same thing. You know, the 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 market is my mentor. My customers, I learn far more from my customers than I do a book or from, you know, someone teaching me. And which, while I appreciate books, of course, and people teaching me, of course, my customers absolutely influence mean more than just about anything else. What would you say to that? 
I think that's a great answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think that's why you're so adaptable. Yeah. Wow. How many times would you say you've been as this recording we're about 63 days into the year? How many times would you say you've adapted in about 63 days? Probably 100. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So you've got some days you did two or three ad- adaptations in, in one day. That's about right? Hmm, damn. I, that's, you asked really good questions. I might put my hand on my heart here. Um, yeah. Maybe more, maybe less. I mean, clear adaptations are like, so... I'm launching a book and okay, tell us about it. Well, it's my, it's my life's work in this book. And it's, it's uh, one of the most comprehensive books I've ever seen on how to successfully start a business against all the odds. No idea, no money, no experience, no credibility, no confidence from absolute zero. The book's called start from zero and it's got 15 examples of employees who became entrepreneurs it's got their customer, the problem they solved, the solution they created, and the offer they make that market. It's got personality assessments, 26-factor analysis of each of these entrepreneurs' personalities so you can see what they're actually like underneath the hood. It's got four different entrepreneurial brains that you can build and focus on building to profitably create at rapid speed. It's got seven skills that you can build within your brain that you can focus on that will build the skills of ownership, the skills of being a newbie, the skills of accepting mistakes and failure, which is actually a skill. And it's also got identity level transformation work. And I wrote that book because a publisher contacted me. They said, hey, would you write a book? I said, okay, yes, yes, it's finally time. And I have a song that I uh, wrote and it's called Let Me Be Used. And I've tried to surrender my life to be used as best I can. And, you know, I still have my mistakes and whatnot, but yeah. I, uh, you know, Martin Luther King, Michelangelo, the sculptor, and Steve Wozniak, which is Steve Jobs' partner from Apple, yeah. all three of those guys did not choose their destiny. Their destiny chose them presented itself to them and they were very scared and they said yes but it came to them like the pope asked michelangelo to paint the sistine chapel the martin luther king's like group of of people promote promoted him to be the leader of the civil rights movement steve wozniak wanted to work at hewlett packard and steve jobs and like all of his friends like and he was scared to know come start apple with and now wozniak's a, a billionaire and not that the billionaire is where the value is. The value is in having a happy heart. That's where the value really is. But in these instances, these guys, they all had their own ideas. Michelangelo wanted to sculpt. Martin Luther King wanted to be a pastor. Steve Wozniak wanted to work at Hewlett Packard. They all had their own ideas, but life had another idea for them. So that's adaptability. You know, when I released my third album, and that was released and recorded. And when I released it, I was so proud of the music personally that I was like, wow, I feel complete here. And then a publisher reached out 
and asked if I'd write a book. And I was like, okay, it's time. It's time to come back. And so, you know, I had my own ideas of music and, and life had another. And so I, 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 and I felt very uh, karmically responsible for this book. And even the mm-hmm. book title, Start From Zero, itself was an idea that I kind of felt floating in the ether that, like, I was like, I'll choose to steward this idea into a reality. Because, you know, you have people like, I had that idea. I had that idea. Well, ideas are kind of floating in a in a space-time continuum, and they, like, pick people, and they're like, well, you steward this idea? Okay, nope, I'm going to bounce to the next person. And when Start From Zero kind of came to me, I was like, okay, this is what will be the book. And and so I wrote this book, and I had to adapt a lot. We went through five edits. Um, I, I went to, through five, five, five different editors. Um, it took two and two years total probably to get written and i had to give up a lot of my own ideas like i would have an idea for how i wanted to communicate something like i had this concept called um somebody asked me what i value the most in a business like what's the very most significant most important thing in a business and i was like i had a few drinks in me at the time i was like oh it's easy efficiency of profit (laughs) efficiency (laughs) of profits everything and and he's like, okay, what's that mean? And I was like, well, how efficiently is the profit made? What's the business model it's made in? Do you have to talk to customers to make money? Do you have to keep talking to customers to continue to make money? How automated is it? Is the, is the re- re- revenue recurring? Um, is this like how efficiently is the money being made? And how can you set up the profit to have a high efficiency of, of profit? And then I converted that into efficiency of profit and environment. So you want an environment where the money is made efficiently and you want an environment that's ultimately encouraging for your heart. Most environments are not efficient with profit and not encouraging with the heart. And so the mind is vulnerable and over time becomes the environment you place it in because the brain is literally wired to learn from its environment. It's doing that all the time, whether you know it or not. So you put your brain in these environments for it to learn different things. And so I wrote this guide and then I, like, put it in, like, the book as a section, and, like, they're like, what the heck are you talking about? What's this efficiency of profit? And so I, I was really frustrated at first, and then I went ahead and changed it to a concept called income happiness. And that is a much more recognizable term, and income happiness is basically money that you don't have to work for. It's maybe a different way of saying passive income, but it's more asset-based income where you create assets that produce cash for you. But I had to adapt to get to that book. And so now that book, Start From Zero, is coming out. Startfromzero.com is that. And now I'm asking myself, how do I monetize the back end um, after the book is released? And I was like, well, I want to serve every person that comes to me. So I'm going to ask every single person that comes to me, where are you at education-wise? Where are you at experience-wise? What are your current revenue goals and what are your interests? And then when they tell me that, that, I'll be able to tell them with integrity the fastest path for them to go, and I'll recommend different programs that have affiliate offers. And if they're good fits for my programs, then I'll recommend mine. But that way I can monetize and serve every lead. But then when I recommend someone else's program, I can follow up 30, 60, 90 days and say, hey, did you ever take the program? Did you ever end up building a life that you wanted to live? And I can actually really care for this person in this way. And then um, as I was doing this, you know, we've made millions and millions of dollars um, promoting a, a program teaching people how to build software as a service companies. And it's a little old and a little tired, and the market's really evolved in the last seven years. And um, I'm 
trying to allow the next iteration of uh, an entrepreneurial academy that comes through. And between now and January and February, I've had to explore different thoughts about how this would execute. And I finally come up with this um, strategy that will be a four-month entrepreneurial virtual entrepreneurial incubator. In four months, you'll build three businesses. You will intentionally trigger yourself. You will intentionally fail. You will intentionally bring up your worst demons and build a new identity. And you would realize that most programs are asking you to do too much when they ask you to be successful at your first attempt when you realize that entrepreneurship is about practice. And so when you practice building three different businesses in four months and you work three hours every single day for four months and see what you're actually made of and then get tremendous support, and that'll launch every January. So I'm going to have my first one here next January, and we'll have a limited group of people so they'll all get the attention they need. And um, by the end of that four months, they will have fundamentally understood profitable business creation and become a business creation machine. They'll have it in their bones as a way of life, knowing they don't have to be an expert, knowing they don't have to be the best, most smartest person in the room, but knowing that they, we give them frameworks to show them how to fundamentally care about people and serve people and build profitable, meaningful um, income streams and enterprises. And for me to land on that and, and the way that the program will be delivered um, it will be, I think, also somewhat innovative because it won't be a course that you go through. It'll be a, a live lecture series every Sunday. It'll be a three-hour training where there'll be a training given. You'll watch a person. You'll watch the person demonstrate the training after after it's been trained. In the second hour, you'll break off into groups and implement and practice the training yourself. And in the third hour, you'll come back for Q and A discussion. And the training is very basic, but very difficult. But when you get this stuff in your bones, you'll just be like, oh, my God, I've been overcomplicating this. This is all I need to do. So every Sunday, and then you're given homework to do throughout the week for three hours every single day. Now you're not having to watch a course video and then maybe try it on your own. You're getting trained. You're seeing it implemented. Then you're practicing. Then you're coming back and discussing. We'll really get the chance to have a fundamentally transformative impact on the heart of an entrepreneur and how they think so they can come because we'll show people how to live and come from a place of joy. So in order for me to like allow a program like this to come through me, I have to go through a lot of grief and a lot of uncertainty and a lot of vulnerability as I give up idea after idea after idea to then finally land on the thing that I think could be the transformation vehicle that people can come into and leave fundamentally transformed in the way they think. But to get there in the adaptations is like sometimes so viscerally grueling, but ultimately I think it will make me extremely wealthy to put a program like this together. I think it will make the students extremely wealthy. I mean, I've got 15 millionaire students at this point, and some of my students are at the top of their industry um, and they did it by fundamentally repeating patterns until they were a living way of life. Yeah. That's kind of how I think about it. Thanks for giving me so much time to share that. Oh, brother, that's, this is your show, right? <laughs> yes. No, no, definitely. A couple of things. I was using my memory files. Let's work backwards. 
The 15 millionaire is amazing. I'm actually known for the crazy guy trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. So you're you're smashing me by seven. So good job to you. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You you know, we both know abundance is meant to be shared. There's no such thing as competition. So fantastic. You give me hope that if you create 15 millionaires, then I can create 15, right? Um, seven away from fifteen. That's fantastic. That's just amazing, dude. And I want to. I want to applaud. Actually, let me announce me applauding you for your valiant effort. Because I'm pretty sure with you know, I could just listen to your language and hear your 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 soul, so to speak. And mm-hmm. I know you're attempting to raise the collective consciousness of this world. So I want to acknowledge you for that in itself because it's just obvious that almost everything you're talking about is about raising consciousness. It's just permeating almost every single thing you're saying. So kudos to you, brother. Kudos for not uh, taking a back seat to 40,000 children dying of starvation a day and we think that's normal. Right. Actually, we accept it as normal. We don't even think it's normal. It's accepted that way. Right. So kudos to you. Just want to first say that somewhere in the middle, you introduced to our audience that you're one hell of a savvy businessman, and with a few <laughs> a few drinks in you or not, I agree with the efficient profit. Uh, that is a very good answer that you gave. Tell us real quick, now, I ultimately want to run all the way back to the very beginning of what you were saying and that karmic responsibility. I'm so going back there, but working my way backwards. Tell us about when did you, when did you get this understanding of business as you, I mean, you know, when did you get this understanding of business in which you can properly associate great success with efficient profit and did I make money for this? How much did this customer cost and et cetera? You, you read that in a book or, or, or you took some losses? Which one helped you and served you the most? Man, can you ask me that question again? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's a bit long question, but how did you get so good at business? Because you introduced through your dialogue uh, that you're a pretty good businessman. Is it losses that made you better? Or is it book knowledge that made you better? Um, or anything I didn't mention because I kind of led you with. Well, I mean, I, I I hear an answer, and I just it seems somewhat arrogant. I, I think it could just be a little bit of a gift. Like maybe Michael Phelps is gifted at swimming. He worked hard at it. Yep. Um, a gift, though. I think I gotcha. think I've got a gift for business, and sure I really want really want people to understand the beauty of business and the peace of business. Yeah. 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 I I mean I've I've read the books. I've studied sales letters. I've been to courses. I've been to yeah. conferences. I've had mentors. Sure. I worked at it. But what what within me drove all of that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Intense, insatiable curiosity. A brain that's a brain that's designed to think in ways that create freedom on an automatic basis, yeah. where most people just 
most people think in ways that imprison themselves, and I don't. I don't do that. I think in ways that create freedom, generally, no matter what the circumstances. So, you know, I get in front of a thousand people, and they all got their own different obstacles, and I can show them a way through, no matter what the obstacle is. Yeah, yeah, that all helps. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. That gives me a jump-off point that just staying in the same energy. I'm of the minority of thinkers that believe that you can't. You know, you, you don't create entrepreneurs. Now, I don't have to watch my words there. I'm kind of in the industry of creating entrepreneurs. But I think they're born. And, and I think entrepreneurs have this gift. And anything that's not gifted, it's a skill that you can learn, but you're not as gifted as Dane Maxwell when it comes to it. The reason I say that is for one simple observation that I know through experience, and I want to get your opinion on it. For me, the number one asset of being an entrepreneur is being able to suffer an intolerable an intolerable amount of pain. That is at my core observation that gifted entrepreneurs can suffer more pain than most people. What would be your assessment of that. Is that right, wrong, kind of, leaning left, leaning right? What would you say? Well, what do you really mean or getting at when you say that? Yeah, that's a fair question. I think this the pain is what I'm really leaning and getting at. And by pain, I mean the ability to be humiliated. People say they're going <laughs> to start with you and they, 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 don't, they don't end with you. Divorce if needed separation of your ego, you know, crucifying that, because if you don't crucify your ego, then it's going to crucify you, that's for sure. And just taking a lot of L's, it's a lot of losses. You know, so when I mean pain, that's what I mean. That stuff that what we call normal is out of the norm. It's that stupid stuff because we're both kind of old enough to remember when entrepreneurship wasn't cool. You were the crazy guy that couldn't get a job, couldn't be normal, right? So that's what I kind of mean by pain. Oh. I felt such a sense of belonging and entrepreneurship that I didn't care what happened. Man, that's what I'm talking about. You know, like, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere in the world. Like, entrepreneurship was my last resort. Like, I tried most everything else. Is like, God, is there a place for me anywhere? And then as soon as I found entrepreneurship, I was like, oh, dude, you can be dysfunctional here. You can be depressed sometimes here. You can have anxiety here. You can, I mean, like most entrepreneurs I know are like pretty fundamentally flawed in some sense, but like, not like everyone, but I mean, I don't know. You go to like, you party with highly successful entrepreneurs. I mean, depending on the group you're in, there's different flavors. There's like the highly conscious family men that are like pretty grounded. And then there's these other guys that are extremely dysfunctional and they'll snort cocaine at par. Like I've seen it all. Um, I just, I just felt a sense of belonging internally outside of anyone else, like a sense of belonging to myself when I found entrepreneurship, that failure just pissed me off to no end for like maybe a couple weeks at a time. Love but it. there was never any question about uh, at a certain point it hit that where there was never any question about like trying anything else. 
Um, I mean, there was the first year I almost got a job, but, you know, I think most entrepreneurs, I think most entrepreneurs check out employment at least once in their life when they're starting, throwing a hope oh, yeah. when you don't know, when you don't know what you're doing, but the sense of belonging. So I didn't, in terms of like the fundamental characteristic of an entrepreneur being like they can tolerate more pain. Um, mine would be that they are incredibly resourceful where other people are idiots. Yeah. Comparatively idiots. Like they're like incredibly resourceful. Like the idiot says, Oh God, it takes money to make money. You need money to start a business. I think that's idiotic. No, I think it's just, I think it's fear of failure, fear of trying something, fear of uncertainty being masked with some, Oh yeah, no, I just need to take money to make money. I mean, Steve jobs just didn't have money. He gave his employees stock options. He didn't have money. He found a hundred grand from an investor. So what did entrepreneurship take? Took a real risk for Steve Jobs. But you don't have to risk anything these days to get started. Like, there's no risk that you need to really take. That it's a greater risk working at a job than there is starting a business these days. Like, yeah, those entrepreneurial methodologies are so tested, and like you can, you could put to put a product together, try and sell it on Kickstarter, see if people buy it on Kickstarter. You can do it all in your spare time your Kickstarter blows up and you get a bunch of money to fund your business and you can go, then you can go to town. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. That's, that's even like that you could even stand on. Um, because if, if you don't have but an hour a day, then you could learn outsourcing skills and put systems in place for employees to build your business for you while you're at your job. You know, it, it's, there's no, there's no legitimate, excuse and but for the people listening they probably don't even need to hear that (laughs) resourceful they're incredibly incredibly resourceful like unbelievable unbelievably resourceful yeah completely agree back to the beginning you mentioned karmic debt well you didn't mention karmic debt you mentioned karmic responsibility my brain said karmic debt when you when you broke broke Mm. it off so let's let's uh Let's let's talk about that just for a second, because this is a weird podcast in which we are just weird. Yes. Yes. As, more, as far as I'm concerned, you said a lot of brilliant things on this podcast, brother. That's the most brilliant thing you've said thus far. Karmic responsibility. That's the mo- I'm just, as far as I, I'm not even sure if I'm being biased. I think I'm being objective. The most powerful thing that I've heard you say was you recognize that you have a karmic responsibility to do X. Now, I'm not going to leave. I'm not even going to ask you a question because I'm going to let the light come out of you the way it does. Would you, in your own way, you can explain or comment to that however you want to do it. Let's just let you lead us on a journey of this karmic responsibility. You're more than welcome. If, um, can you tell me how, how clear does this sound? Oh, you're pretty good. You're pretty good. And then if I, somewhere along the way, is that, like, yeah. is that, is that legible to hear? Yeah, yeah, it's legible. Yeah, yeah, it's legible to hear. Okay, so here's the answer. Somewhere along the way, 
someone forgot to say. Do not forget yourself. Do not chase the dead chase. Only yourself. So grab the matches and grab the gasoline and look to the treasure map on your heart because it is time to Light that soul on fire. Light that soul on fire. Now we got that out the way. Soul priority number one. That'll change your face. Let the terracotta use. Find the darkest place and light the people in the first 30 days are going to hear that. <laughs> so, Wait, what? So, yeah. You got 30,000 people oh, hear that shit? Yes, sir. <laughs> 30,000 people in the first 30 days and a couple of hundred thousand. They'll probably hear this one episode by the end of the year is over. That's for sure. That's for sure, buddy. So you what'd you feel? What did you, you feel when you heard that song? Did you oh, feel man. your fucking soul? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. I loved it, man. Loved like, it. To me, like, to me, it's not gentle. To me, it's like, get the matches, get the gasoline, pour it on yourself, light that thing on fire, find the darkest place you can, light the fuse, light it up, sit there with clarity until people are no longer confused, sit there with power until people are no longer weak, sit there with all of your heart until people feel loved for exactly where they are while you cast a vision for their future. Do all this because you are here to step into greatness, here to step into whatever it is that you were come here to do, come here to do, and like it, you feel it in your bones. You've got the cellular structure in your body. It's in your cells. We're all here for a reason. We all here have some unique makeup. We're a unique fingerprint. Our soul has a fingerprint that no one else has. And dude, like, quit wasting time if you are, if you're not then give your gift more fully if you are then love even more than you ever thought possible because we we all deserve 
we all deserve freedom. And that freedom comes from recognizing that we already are free. We're just believing shit about ourselves that's causing us not to be. And some part of you knows that you're already free. And some part of you probably will recognize that you're addicted to suffering and struggle in some way if you're like me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I just want to say, like, the the book that I reference, I mean... That book that I referenced, like, I mean, I want you to read it. I want other people to read it. I want you to see, like, see if it speaks to your heart. See if it can be a companion on your journey. Because, I mean, I wrote it to sit on your nightstand. I wrote it to be comprehensive. It is complete in and of itself. It doesn't leave you wanting anything. Like, it's not going to leave you being like, oh, i got to go and buy a $5,000 course now. (laughs) You won't need to buy anything from reading this book. The book will deliver if you read every page of this book and live the pages of this book, you will be successful at whatever it is you want to do with wow. business. Just like that. Just like that. That's amazing, man. Yeah, no, all that, the, the book, ladies and gentlemen, the book, I believe I wrote it down when he was talking about it, but my assistant got it. Start from zero.com, right? That was the website. Yeah. And, right? um, okay. Yeah, that's right. And, um, it, uh, I've got I got a special I want to give a special URL for your listeners to try and like check sure. out a book excerpt b- before they buy the book. Okay. So don't buy the book unless you really know you're going to read it. And to decide if you're going to read it, check out the excerpt if you like the writing style, if you think you could digest it, then get the book after that. Um so that's going to be startfromzero.com forward slash Tony, which is short for Antonio. Startfromzero.com forward slash Tony. And that'll bring you to a, sta- a page where you can get the book excerpt. No email capture required. Look at the excerpt without. I don't want your email to look at the excerpt. See if you like it. And that's that's what I would do. Start from zero dot com forward slash Tony. There it is. That'll be in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. It's a big deal. No email capture. This guy, although he is is on his way to be an ascended master, we we'll had to talk about that in another episode. But <laughs> most certainly. He is a salesperson, and he's not capturing your email. So you better take the opportunity <laughs> to get that done. <laughs> well, can, I, can, I explain, can I explain why? Please. So, okay, if you have email capture, let's just use numbers. Instead, of, do not look to gurus. Look to numbers. Mm-hmm. Do not look to experts. Look to numbers. Don't believe a word I say. Look to numbers. So, like, test out what I'm saying to find out for yourself, for example. I mean, I believe that everybody should try entrepreneurship for at least 90 days. I think everyone should go out and try and find a problem, find a really painful problem, get an expert to create the product for them. They outsource product creation. They build a business as an actual business owner. I think every person in the world should try that at least once just so they experientially get a try entrepreneurship. If they don't like it, then they'll have the most amazing skill set to bring anywhere else they can ever have in the world whether they're actors, ice skater, it doesn't matter. Having the experiential process of knowing how to find a problem, put a product in place and sell it for a profit is a powerful skill no matter what you do in life. That is a random tangent. So now back to the email capture thing. The email capture thing. Um, if I have, if I send people to ear uh, a page and it's email capture, now they've listened to me talk for an hour. So there's, there's more rapport and more trust that you have with me because you listen to me speak for an hour. I may have a 40 to 50% opt-in rate on that landing page. 
if it was a cold visitor, I may have 15%, 10%, maybe 20, maybe 30, you know, it depends. Generally less than if you listen to me for an hour. Now, uh, let's say 50% opt-in. So let's say that of 30,000 people that listen to this, maybe um, maybe 3,000, maybe 3,000 go to the URL. Start from zero.com forward slash Tony. Of 3,000 that go to the URL, we'll now have 1,500 email addresses. Of 1,500 email addresses now, a year from now, those 1,500 email addresses will probably average a maximum 20% open rate. A 20% open rate on 1,500 emails is somewhere like 325 or something like this, you know, like, you know, 20% of 1,000 is 200. So, let, you know, let's call it 325 or something um, or 315. So I'll have 315 people that I can stay in touch with a year from now, which is cool. But now I've just given this kind of like gimmick and people are like, okay, fine, I'll give you my email, but I don't even know if I want your future messages. I don't know about this. Versus, let's say you go to that page and the, in, the, in the excerpt's free and there's email capture below it that says, would you like accountability in implementing this book excerpt? Then I maybe get a 5 to 10% capture rate because not many people are going to enter their email. So let's say 3,000 people come to the page and let's say 10% enter their email for the accountability. So that's 300 people. But of those 300 people, those are really people that actually wanted to give their email. They weren't gimmicked into it. And so a year from now, those 300 people, they have, you know, 50%, 70%, 80% open rates. And so you're, you know, you're sitting at 210, 220. So you don't have as much as the 315 but you gave a better experience for everyone. That's how I look at it. Apparently that's a shame. Well, if you're just going to be spitting facts all day, it's kind of hard to disagree with you. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. Well, man. I mean, you know, as I walk through it, I'm like, I'm giving up 100 emails that I could stay in touch with. However, I mean, there's something about email capture that I don't like. <laughs> I've got a my my IT guy. Well, I got two of them. Well, two head ones. The well, pretty much like anyone else. I'm you know my people are well. You know I don't even bring it up. But he said because I'm a millennial. He said, you know, baby boomers. I forget what he said about them. But millennials, you're going to be responsible for ruining the entire world's privacy. That's going to be the millennial legacy, ruining the world's privacy. <laughs> and I went, huh, you are right. <laughs> that is exactly what we did. <laughs> I forget what he said about That's baby weird. boomers, but that was good. Yeah, my, my, head, my head IT guy is a information security so cyber security he's information security information security not cyber security but information security and i thought that was pretty solid and and it's got a lot of truth to it too <laughs> a lot of truth man i tell you what i want you free talkers on out of here and just in the middle of your free talk Give us one solid piece of advice for anyone listening to you inspired but are still living by other people's thoughts in their heads. And then anything else you want to say, you're more than welcome to say. 
Yeah, if you're living by other people's thoughts in your head, stop. And you can stop like that. Then continuing to stop will take rigor, discipline, and focus. So sit still for a minute. Let the worst thing come up. Make friends with the worst thing. If you sit still and the first thing that comes up is you can't sit still, sit still while holding as a friend you can't sit still. Like, like, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Sit down and hold, I can't do it while you're sitting down. And become friends with it. Because as, as soon as you can sit with yourself in silence and face every aspect of your own experience, you'll start creating a really powerful life. But whatever you run from in meditation, meditation is not for the weak or not for the faint of heart. Whatever you run from in meditation will follow you and recreate itself in your life and much like it may be painful to sit in meditation and it will be, but it's going to be far more painful to live out what's going to be created in your physical reality because you're unwilling to face it and sit in meditation. Mm. So meditation is critical. And I, um, I get scared every time I sit down to do it. So I don't get to, I don't get to it every day, but I, I, um, I, I use the meditative mind on YouTube. I love the meditative mind guy on YouTube. And so I would just say the gift of your own heart is the greatest gift that you'll ever receive is the gift of your own heart. Take care of it. Sit with it in meditation. Um, ask your heart what thoughts it wants to put forth in the world and let them be so different than anything you've ever heard. And um, check out the book excerpt at startfromzero.com forward slash Tony. It'll show you how to really find great, great business ideas by actually helping people. And if 30,000 people actually heard that, I, was, I wasn't I was thinking that many people would hear. That song's not recorded yet or published, but the same place I wrote that song from was kind of from that same tapped in place that Start From Zero was created from. And Start From Zero is intended to be a gift to humanity. It's intended to be a, a work of art. It is art. It is my art. So thank you for listening and giving me a voice on your show. It it, it really means oh, a lot. You. And also, Antonio, also thank you for recognizing me. Um, there were a few times I my eyes were just pretty pretty wet with tears because like I'm like holy crap this guy actually not like ascending master stuff aside like if that ever happens it's from a place of humility and service etc. That wasn't right. it. It was it was. Um, just the other things that you were recognizing. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I feel recognized by this man. And I, um, it made me feel really good and just a little bit less lonely. So thank you. Oh no, very welcome, man. Very welcome, man. We got all your information in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen, it is not often that, well, that's not true. Let me, let me, let me fix my words. I thoroughly enjoyed learning from this podcast, uh, Dane is unusual. Now, the truth is, this should be very freaking normal. It should, but yeah, yeah right, you know. <laughs> but as a collective, that's all seven point eight billion people. This is unusual, and I am glad that 
I was able to do this interview and not Deanna, not that she wouldn't have did it. She would have did a fantastic job. She is my right-hand man and full of empathy. So you probably would have cried for sure. But I needed, <laughs> I needed to hear you and your awareness for validation of self because the path that I'm on, I keep running into more of me. And like you said so adequately, yeah, it's a little less lonely, right? So I appreciate you, brother. I'm so glad that you are here. And anybody you want to shout out? I don't think I've ever done that before, but hell, go ahead and give them a shout out if you want to. Um, I'll give you a shout out. I mean, I'm good. Thank you. That worked. <laughs> My ego will appreciate that. Now, <laughs> <laughs> nah, good stuff, man. I appreciate you, brother. And uh, we're going to get with you and do all we can to share this all across the world. We'll, as soon as it's ready, we'll let you know. And I don't typically edit anything, so it needs to be ready so as to get the other ones out the way. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Dane Maxwell. All his information is in the show notes. Deanna worked really hard to get that done for you. All I can tell you, if you just actually, let me, I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to ask you to take your love for me and extend it to him. So go to startfromzero.com slash Tony, read the excerpt, and then do me a favor. And at least 35% of you, right, bold, bold ask, but, you know, who cares? 35% of you, why don't you opt in and follow this, brother? Because I got a feeling that uh, we we shall all meet again. So follow him. That's my asking you. What I will tell you is it ain't too many things you're going to do today than what just happened here that add to the quality of your life. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can't plant better. You can dominate. Thank you, everybody. Sure appreciate you. Our next guest is the CEO of a Facebook competitor. It is called MeWe. It is a next-gen social platform with a focus on privacy. The company has surpassed 5.5 million members. CEO Mark Weinstein with us now in a Fox Business exclusive. Welcome to the program, Mark. Glad to have you with us. So why the focus on privacy? You are taking advantage of Facebook's public stumbles? Well, Deirdre, I'm one of the guys who invented social networks, and it was never, social networks were never invented to be what we call now surveillance capitalism, which is what Facebook is. Their members are not customers to serve, their data to sell and data to target. So it really, MeWe is a full, fully, you know, fledged uh, social network with all the features people love. The privacy is a pr our privacy bill of rights. We don't sell your data. We don't target you. We don't mess up your news feeds. We have a freemium business model, so everything you love is free. And you can, you know, traditional capitalism, great capitalism. You can spend money on in-app purchases, or you can just enjoy the free service. There's nothing, you know, you can't be targeted for your vote or your opinion. Um, it's social media the way it was meant to be. So then, Mark, honestly, how do you make money? Because we all know when we use Facebook, it's free for the user, but we know because we are not paying that we become the product. So that Facebook is gathering data on That's us, right. and I think some people even say Facebook isn't a social company, it's a data company. But then how do you make money? Are people paying your company for subscriptions? 
No, no, it's very important. MeWe is free forever. But now we know that the freemium model works, and MeWe is, we're doing great with revenue. We have 2,800 free emojis, but we've got great custom emojis, custom stickers. So live people voice, pay live you for those. A pay option. Right, and, and live voice, live video, secret encrypted chat. Uh, MeWe pages are $1.99 a month, but you reach 100% of your followers all the time. So for $24 a month, you don't have to boost anything. So if you have 500,000 followers or 5,000 followers or 10 million followers, you reach everybody. At Facebook, you reach 5%. you got to pay to boost, and then their algorithm messes the whole thing up anyhow. So MeWe is really true, pure social media. It's social networking done right, and people love it. So. Yeah, we're growing organically with no ads, and, and, and we're not even marketing MeWe, and we're growing by tens of thousands of people every day. So, Mark, we have some stats about your company. As you're speaking, five and a half million users right now, which is impressive. But how are you going to keep growing that? Because one telephone is not so fun. Two telephones work. Basically, you need more people to sign up. Well, people are signing up, Deirdre, every day. And here's the beautiful thing about MeWe. So we also have some major, major deals that are not announced with some huge influencers worldwide. But even without them, we grew 405% last year. We're targeting, you know, we actually target, we'll have over 30 million members by the end of this year, over 150 million by the end of next year. We're growing twice as fast already this year. And people also move in groups. This is really, we have never seen something like this. So constituencies move to people. So many people are censored or blocked or violated on Facebook and they all move to MeWe so it the growth is fantastic quick question mark you say Facebook as an aside should not be broken up why is that listen we compete with Facebook great Snap competes with Facebook. Twitter competes with Facebook. Breaking up Facebook doesn't solve the problem that they are a surveillance company transacting data. By the way, also transacting data from non-members. They track all of us. Remember, the Cambridge Analytica CEO said they had data on 230 million adult, really every adult in America. Now, Facebook's new rules that you talked about today, that's a bunch of BS. Facebook has had rules the whole time. They break their rules all the time. That's the problem. The rules Right. Facebook mean nothing. Mark, we thank you very much for the time. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the growth. Thank you, Deirdre. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great. And you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. Because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1%. And they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money, and that is not the way to become rich, it's not the way to become wealthy, and it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now, and they all want to learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your favor. Right now in this world, there are 2,000. 57 billionaires right now. So if you think becoming a billionaire is, a, is impossible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 
46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane how much money is everywhere, and you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody to teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy for what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now, actually 1,730 people right now, are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from Elon Musk, how do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family? My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, and somehow I'm in the top 1% today. Not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal from a meal to clothes, to clothes, to shelter, to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money, and now that's what I'm gonna do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy, I've homeschooled my own children, and I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion going self is not enough to get to the top 1% and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And 
I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy, famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I built a large following of over half a million people every month that pay me to actually for me to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned, everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man and the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and all that good stuff. Plus, I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. Plus, I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. Let me be honest with you, and you can kind of relate to this, it almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are gonna have a really hard time. Think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are gonna be watching this are gonna be baby boomers, and you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable, and I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement, and then as Grant Cardone would say, 10 extra retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I want to send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, 
I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost, I'll take the loss, and all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world not making money the pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire i came really close so the pandemic was a blessing it was hiring people and get this everybody i had 48 job positions open during the pandemic 22 dollars an hour with paid training and i could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions hear me well 48 job positions 22 dollars an hour paid training and i couldn't find someone not one person for those job positions now is it because i hire slowly true but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to, but if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not gonna free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate and if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools which is the technology itself to match the right candidates up with your job you can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to Apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, 
soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.